Hello and welcome to the Daily Lawyer. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today is yet another episode in our Careers in the Law series, and today we are going to be speaking about something very unconventional, something I did not even know is possible with your law degree until much, uh, until I was much into my legal practice, maybe or seven, eight years into my legal practice. So I'm really excited to have Tanisha Deshpande with us. Tanisha is a lawyer by qualification, and after practicing the law for a couple of years, she moved on to roles which allowed her to hone her skills to run and upscale businesses. So, Tanisha is a lawyer turned entrepreneur. She enjoys a diverse portfolio of having managed business development, client management, sales, and human resources for companies such as Vahura, AZBN Partners, and LinkedIn. Before finally co-founding her own venture, which is the Gray Matter LLP. Currently, Tanisha consults with law firms to build and develop their businesses, marketing, culture, employee engagement, and employee employer brands. And she also enjoys processes and standardizing them to ensure parity. So, it's amazing, Tanisha. What, how you thought of doing this? Like you're providing services to the legal industry, so within the umbrella of the law, but still doing something so different with your legal degree. I'm really excited to talk to you today about this. Hi Jenna, first off, congratulations on your new venture. Uh, see, so we've yes. heard a few of the episodes. They sound very, very sort of resourceful, and we wish you lots and lots of luck with the Daily Lawyer. Thank you, yeah, thank you. Okay, Tanisha, before I, I'm, I'm really interested in knowing what you're doing and how you even thought of doing this in like 2010 11 12 when all of us were only thinking about this law firm and that law firm and you know i don't know how you thought of doing this at that time but before we go there can you like start uh, from how did you become a lawyer like your journey from the beginning of as a law student to year Sure, Jenna. So I'll keep this pretty simple. Uh, the truth is I wanted to pursue journalism, uh, but I wanted to be a responsible journalist. Okay. Uh, in today's times, that itself sounds like a bit of an irony. So, yeah. So I decided that I wanted to study the law because it was a great degree to have in place because the study of law was uh, seeming very sort of inviting. So chose to study it. Uh, unfortunately, along the way, I think the journalism dream was shelved very quickly when internships opened up uh, at government law college and all my batchmates were scurrying to grab the best corporate internships at different law firms uh, i very quickly and i'm almost embarrassed to admit that i very quickly uh, you know joined the rat race and decided that i needed to bag an internship myself and then there was no looking back from there on sort of convinced myself that okay this is this is going to be it i'm going to finish my five year program and then i'm going to work at a law firm and I want to do corporate law. See, a lot of this was anyway jargon at the time, right? So we don't have as much access to information in understanding the practice of it is very different from the study of it, right? So also as law students, we have a tendency to network only with our own peers. Rarely do you go and speak to, uh, you know, a law graduate who's say alumni from your college and ask, hey, you know what, you're a first year associate at so-and-so firm, what's that like? So we don't really expose ourselves to those conversations. We listen to a lot of what our own peers say. And that's where I was also coming from. 
very quickly learned that the practice of law and the study was, you know, distinctly apart. And I definitely wasn't enjoying the practice, in all honesty. Um, there was this one time after, I think, close to three years of practicing corporate law that I realized that, hey, you know what, I couldn't care less about what the Indian government has to say about foreign direct investment into the telecom sector in India. I walked up to my then managing partner, who was a very, very kind, uh, very, very uh, sort of approachable uh, gentleman, which is a little bit unlike how law firm partners can be. And I said, hey, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. And he said, sure. So let's, you know, chat with me. Tell me what you want to do. And I said, I have no idea. But I think there was a lot of fear to walk away from the legal industry because you feel like you've spent five years with the study of the law, then three years practicing it. So I was like, you know, I want to probably hang around in the allied space and see what offerings there are in that space. And then I can, you know, if I feel like it, I feel confident enough that I'll fully make a transition, you know, away from, from the legal industry. That was broadly the plan. So yes, to answer your question, I began as a law student, but clearly haven't ended up doing anything in terms of the practice per se. I really liked how you prefaced your entire answer by saying, you know, that the study of the law and the practice of the law is very different. And also that we keep hanging around with our peers and we don't really ask anyone else in the profession. You know, we, we don't really look for the... Uh, sort of the practical idea of how things are. So I'm going to shamelessly plug in the reason why I started TDL because you actually gave us such a beautiful segue that I can't not do that. So thank you for that. Yeah. So that's anyway, one of the primary objectives of starting TDL also, because I also had these grand ideas. I'll become a, a general counsel of a global uh, firm and then you get there and then you're thinking, oh my goodness, what is this? Like, I can't handle this with my two kids and okay whatever uh but uh tanisha so you said that you spoke to your partner and then he told you yeah you want to hang out in the allied space and then what happened like did 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 you work a little bit for that firm to do uh, business development and all like how, how did it go from there to to like how did you think of doing client management and things like that so at the time there was the firm actually had though it was a small firm it actually had a business development professional working there full time you know which was quite frankly quite bold of the firm to spend that kind of money on a resource like that and she was she was a friend as well and she talked to me about bahura which is a niche legal recruitment firm, very much in business today also. And uh, so then that's when I met with the founders, Ritwik and Lee, had a chat with them. I think they saw some fitment, decided that I'm going to work with them. And I took on the law school mentoring piece. So Bahura has a vertical like that where they mentor law students. They're essentially bridging the gap between corporate and college. That's what I worked on for a long time at Bahura. And then did some amount of independent and women director uh, level hiring as well with uh, on board which is again a vertical there at Pahura. so that was my sort of exposure to the business side of law and <clears throat> that was great and it was it suddenly opens up so many doors and you realize that hey you know what I'm going to own this degree and I'm going to enjoy it while I have skill set that is going to be able to fit in very beautifully in other spaces and for other work as well. So I think 
to move from insecurity and uncertainty to security and certainty is a long drawn process and we have to be patient with ourselves if we want to you know in that sense seek the light at the end of that tunnel you just have to just wait it out a little bit so i think that is what bahura provided a platform for from there i moved on to azb for a short bit uh, where i did business development my ex colleague from bahura and incidentally the founder of gray matter neha kashyap uh, was heading the business development vertical working directly with zia and very closely with her that was a, again an exceptional learning experience unfortunately at the time i couldn't stick around too long i was getting married and i wanted to focus on that a little bit and uh, so yes that's when i decided to move out of azb but very quickly landed a job at linkedin so a couple of weeks before i was actually getting married i started my new job at linkedin which was very different because it was a sales role and we were selling linkedin talent solutions which is uh, which is what makes linkedin sort of it's linkedin's bread and butter really and linkedin has a policy they hire for attitude and not for skill they believe that you can build skill but attitude is something that cannot be built or taught so i think that's how a lawyer landed up in a sales role at a legal tech company so it's it's quite quite a story there um it was not easy but there were a lot of learnings uh the the environment at linkedin was so conducive everybody was just so helpful and extremely sort of nurturing all uh, right while it is a hard core sales role so it is target driven it is number driven i remember having sleepless nights once when i was on vacation waking up in the middle of the night and going oh my god it's quarter 3 and i haven't hit my number you know so that was it was a bit of a nightmare situation if you will but there was so much learning in that in that entire exercise right so at the end of that stint i decided that i wanted to come back to the legal space because that is where there was a beautiful symphony of what i had studied and the skills i was able to offer at the time neha who i said was the founder of is the founder of gray matter and shreya she's again a founding member were uh, starting out they were you know both uh, trying to freelance with law firms at the time i was anyway doing that i had started doing that in a similar capacity with a gaming company that's when the three of us sort of came together and said hey you know what there is clearly a gap here there are small and mid sized firms that require practice development corporate communications branding uh, strategy all of that they may not want to hire full time resources can we look at working with a bunch of these firms because everyone's requirement is very different and we're often asked how is it that you work with different firms why is there no conflict because every firm is at a very different journey in their growth trajectory right so we're able to minimize and manage conflict accordingly also internally we're very careful about the chinese walls that we need to build in place especially when it comes to you know clients actually law firms are sharing a lot of confidential data with us and we have to be extremely careful about how we manage that even internally within the team right so yeah that's how gray matter was sort of founded and there's been no looking back since the january of 2018 i'm pleased to say it sounds wonderful yeah tanisha and i think what you did you know actually there is a there is still a gap i mean you you've kind of found uh, a way to plug in a gap in the legal space but i think there's a gap in other spaces as well and other people are doing it uh, but what i'm what what i really like about your answer or what everything that you were saying is the synergy that you found between your 
education and uh, your practical experience and also your desire like you know everything that makes you feel better about working so now um you know i do want to add here that it's not me so much you know i mean it's one thing to have an open mind but it's another to network effectively for a network that then brings so many diverse perspectives vahura it exposed me to some wonderful people they they like you know ritvik the founder he's a lawyer he went to national law school bangalore and you know there he was in a business role then someone like neha again went to symbiosis pune again you know was then doing recruitment for so long then client solutions the people you meet along the way are actually the people that sort of instill that confidence in you they tell you and they show you more than tell you that things are sort of uh, you know what you you can't even your mind can't even conceive as possible right so it's really very little to do with me and i think it's a lot to do with the kindness that people you know showed me along the way and just by being who they were and doing what they were doing uh, sometimes you just have to watch and learn right so it was pretty much that yeah it's very nice of you to actually attribute that not just to you but also to the others and and this is something i really i'm very happy that you brought it up because i feel like i've also learned this through life you know we we when we were small not just small but when we were in college or or the general narrative around us is like you know work hard do this like climb up and all that and then nobody told us how important loyalty is how important friendships are relationships are when we were never taught to focus on that even as in our corporate careers and truly what really makes us grow or makes us pivot are all these conversations and these relationships that we have and then they support us when we need and nobody really talks about that and nobody really tells and uh, i'm happy you said it because it's something that i hope everybody who's listening you you focus or it is there in the back of your mind that you know invest in your relationships so lovely now for anyone who's listening because most of our listeners are law students or young lawyers what you know if they are similar in the way you were like i'm not sure about what i'm doing in the law school or i'm not i i know i'm in a law firm but i'm not very happy and i want to pivot uh, or if they are not even lawyers but let's assume that they are lawyers how do you think your legal training has helped you in your journey i know you're speaking to law, law firms but how is how is your legal training helped you in this journey that's so tell us please verify that so i think gray matter works with law firms yes that's sort of our niche uh, audience but also now legal tech companies right and helping them with their marketing we also have in the past and continue to work with law schools uh, to some extent in consulting capacity with a bunch of individual lawyers as well uh, also sometimes publishing houses so the portfolio is actually quite diverse the aim that was that we sort of set out with which is also our tagline is to just be aggregators of change so anywhere that we can create change where you know we're, we're happy to rush to that spot and sort of you know create a bit of a ruckus that's literally what we want to do to answer the question about you know young professionals who are feeling very unsure about lawyering per se and may want to pivot like you said i think the best way to approach any uh, you know a career move or a career shift is to firstly truly understand your own strengths and how you can play those uh, 
you know, into the workforce, right? So what is the workforce demanding of a particular profession? And can you match that skill set? I think that intrinsic awareness is probably step one. Thereafter, I, like I said earlier, you network, right? So you talk to people who are doing that kind of work to get a flavor of what that work entails. Uh, if it sometimes means that you might need to do a shorter internship or do like a part-time gig with a law firm or even with a company, which is a smaller consulting outfit or you know anything like that, maybe that's worth giving a shot as well. Because once you literally like Neha says by the process of elimination right so maybe you'll come up with four things on the list and then you kind of start ticking them off and say okay maybe this sure works maybe you realize no th these are the aspects of this sort of role that I'm not enjoying maybe I want to use skill b c and d and not a so much right so I think that uh, risk taking appetite is something that one has to build. And that has to pretty much come from within. And one, one uh, very interesting place to actually visit, and I'm, I'm going to shamelessly, like you said, do some marketing here, is uh, Grey Matter has a series called Dare Act, which we started during the pandemic. And we actually talk to lawyers who quit the profession to pursue some really outstanding interests. We had we ha a batchmate of mine is a cricket umpire with the BCCI and he's my batchmate. Uh, there's someone who's gone on SoFit, which is Saurabh's, uh, you know, it's, it's, an, it's an entire fitness uh, sort of, what shall I say? It's become like a conglomerate in itself. Yeah, uh, I know Alia Bhatt is like, she was uh, promoting Correct. SoFit and Katrina Kaif and also, yeah, it, so, it's become... Yeah, yeah. So we've spoken to lawyers who moved to do very interesting things uh, and moved away from the practice. So I think stories like that, and, and the reason we started Dare Act was also this, that stories like that need to be told more often and they need to be documented so that, you know, people have a go-to uh, playbook almost, if you will, right? So that was the intention. And I think apart from that, it's important that one understands that when you take on any of these management roles, they're typically called support roles at law firms, right? But they're actually management roles because they're helping a law firm manage itself, right? So essentially these management roles require for you to understand that your clients are now internal. So your internal stakeholders are actually your clients. So your law firm partners, your other teams, you know, so if you're in HR, then maybe your practice development, your IT, all the associates at the firm, all these guys then become your clients. So you have to start treating them like that, right? And anything that they ask of you, no matter how big or small, and I think there's a tendency for us to, you know, when we graduate, we start feeling like, you know, I've arrived, so I'm not going to do a certain bunch of jobs that, you know, they, they seem far beneath me. I think that attitude is a massive, massive, uh, you know, it's a recipe for disaster, literally, in roles like this, because these roles require for you to do the grunt work sometimes, and sometimes they require to do the require for you to do the larger sort of strategy pieces and so on, right? So it's it's really a beautiful blend, and you have to be okay with that. So I think understanding that. Um, 
a role like this is relatively new to a lot of people it requires for you to sure set boundaries where required but also requires you to be very open to innovation to creativity to change uh, to to you know do the grunt work so all of that essentially is what i would say to anyone who's looking to make a pivot into a role like this and how does your legal degree help you like uh do you think that anyone who's doing what you're doing and similar like let's say they want to support law firms or allied professions within the law do you think that being a lawyer is helpful uh and the most helpful or you think they should do other degrees like an mba or whatever you know so look i think being a lawyer is always helpful i think like i said earlier that the base degree is a fantastic one to have and enjoy uh yes in roles like, like this it's hugely helpful because you speak the lingo you understand the the offerings the service offerings that the law firm may, or a legal tech company may provide you understand what they're trying to communicate to their audiences so is it a pro definitely it's you know it's one extra point in the kitty that said some of the larger law firms do have a lot of uh, you know folks who are actually from you know the big four like they've they've moved from a pwc into a cmo role right so there is also that mix that is there there are also a lot of uh, you know mba graduates who will join law firms to do the management piece so i think that the space is hugely expanding it is it is definitely at a nascent stage if we were to compare it to the west that said it is most certainly very welcoming of people irrespective of what background degree and experience you come with so long as they see that there is a certain hunger that you come with to better their service very simply put right so i think that kind of becomes critical tanisha let's assume that you are hiring uh, for any role within your company or you are hiring for a client let's say uh, for a role like this would you prefer a law graduate or would you prefer you know you don't really care but so to be honest a law graduate is definitely yes we're more welcoming of that i think roles like this are definitely more welcoming but that said if there is someone who's who doesn't have a legal degree but has a very sort of strong interest in the legal sector and has a deeper level understanding of how the sector functions and follows the nuances i think that the industry is very welcoming of such people as well Okay, I'm gonna ask you a a question that I I haven't put it in the list, but then I I thought of this when you were speaking. Um, but you know, in terms of payment, right? If for a young graduate uh, or a young lawyer, they are you know we know we know more or less how much law firms pay. But then for them to get into a role like this, will they be taking a significant pay cut? uh how is the payment for this uh, and also if if they have a legal degree versus not having a legal degree do they do they have any advantage in terms of their the amount that they command in the market so to be honest with you jena i don't think there's a straight jacket answer to that unfortunately it really depends on what the person's prior experience is like work experience what is the degree that they come with or the you know the different degrees that they may come with you know and also depends on the size of the firm 
depends on the budget the firm has allocated and depends on what they're hoping that this person will do right so if they're looking for a very senior resource then you know that they will have deeper pockets for a role like this if they're looking for a junior resource to do more operational day to day work you know that the budget might might shrink a little bit so it is extremely subjective but that said i can assure you that we we're, we're seeing a very clear trend where even the smaller and the mid sized firms most definitely have budgets and they have intentions uh, to bring in place the right mix of people who are able to add value so i think that is a that's that's now set in sort of gold yeah it's actually a good answer at anisha because you you gave like enough pointers for people to understand where they will fit in in the in the larger space a good answer so now tanisha i think you sort of answered this question but i just want a more clear cut answer who should be looking for your services so i think like we covered this right law firms most definitely we've also we though the intent was to work with small and mid sized firms we have consulted with the larger firms as well on piecemeal assignments we do a lot of work with partnerships so when there are new partners that are welcomed into the partnership there's a module that we now have for training new partners helping them understand how the practice development piece is to be tackled how do you retain clients how do you cross sell so there's a massive piece there that tier 1 firms are sort of you know enjoying apart from that like apart from law firms like i said legal tech companies legal tech is anyway the buzzword these days legal tech companies are approaching us quite a bit to help them with understanding the market and then of course selling the product depending on who they wish to sell it to right so marketing around that uh in addition we we work very closely with publication houses as well we in fact have a, a monthly newsletter in which we are actually covering a lot of publication houses about their back story which is fun like we recently did one with chambers and partners we have one upcoming with legal 500 one with iblj so you know it's very funny because publishing these publishing houses will actually carry a lot of the material work that lawyers do and and you know exhibit that body of work but we felt like hey why is no one talking to them and asking them about their back story so that's why we started this entire written piece uh, with publishing houses and we've been enjoying that so yes to answer your question i think we're always always open to having a chat uh, we're open to consulting with pretty much anyone and everyone in the legal space uh, can we do all of it no do we have a bandwidth issue yes uh, is that you know but does that sort of stop us in any way from having conversations never because we we love talking to people who are in the business of of law and the allied space so that we're always open to conversation lovely tanisha because you have seen the legal industry honestly from outside in even though you're within the space you're actually seeing the industry from outside in and you've seen a lot of different roles within the industry uh and you're seeing you said yourself that things are changing today and i agree with you that think things are changing what do you see as the role of a lawyer today so i think the role of a lawyer today is and i think it's always this is this holds true immaterial of which time we're talking of i think lawyers in general are a very very empowered knowledgeable bunch of people right and i think they have access to a lot of things and when i say access to a lot of things i mean people networks abilities resources and money right so 
we're a very very privileged class if you will in a country like india right and again the lawyers you and i speak of are actually probably 2% of the larger lawyer community right because this is again law firms and you know tier one cities so we're anyway a very small marginalized sort of community so i think what the role when we enjoy this kind of privilege and knowledge then becomes is to in some way strive to create impact right and not impact just for your existing client not impact because you were paid uh, to do a certain job but also impact that ties into the macro economic sort of situation are you able to create any society related impact right so when lawyers start looking at their work from an impact standpoint and i don't mean purely oh let's now open one pro bono csrv no that's that's not you know there is far more that you can do even through your paying assignment so there was this one firm and i'm sure there are many such examples where you know they they have the ability to talk to a regulator they can talk to sebi or rbi about a change that they feel is necessary present a paper on it have initiate and have that conversation right and then you are able to create economic impact across an entire industry perhaps or for a segment that will hugely benefit when that one slight uh, you know tax bracket may change right even a 5% drop in a particular you know tax structure you know you're creating impact that's going to be sort of everlasting for that industry so i think that is the kind of impact lawyers are now sort of becoming more conscious of and we'd say they should kind of be probably more mindful of creating because then you know that you're truly being an aggregator of change good answer yeah tanisha very nice i actually agree with you i not thought of it this way to be honest uh, but the reason also i asked you this question is because one of the things i really want to do is to break away from this stupid cliche that we are all saddled with you know this bollywood cliche uh, that uh, you you stand in court and there are some very as uh, sincere civilians looking at you and waiting for you to fight with each other and otherwise all this you know if you are a, you argue a lot so you should be a lawyer and all that this is a stupid cliche that we are all saddled with and i and i really loved your answer because it was so far away from this cliche <laughs> and i'm really happy that you said that uh tanisha what do you think because you 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 interact with even common people uh, common people i mean like common people means non lawyers uh, what do you think are the mistakes that we make like everyday people make in their lives that you think can be um can be like plugged by just simple knowledge or simple processes okay so everyday people i think just in the lay people i think the mistakes we make would be you know i think there are far too many to list but i think uh, the one thing that that one constantly learns and i learned we learned this actually from our clients right because and we we as gray matter we often acknowledge that you know working with the clients that we work with and i'm so grateful that we work with the people that we do because there is constantly so much we learn from them and they demand excellence of us right and that's that's actually very enjoyable because every interaction with a client we're going back and saying hey you know what we did this well but we can do this better right or 
hey, you know what? We probably don't know enough about this and we need to go back and read about X, Y, Z so that we're a bit, you know, more sort of empowered for our next interaction with this client. So I think the one thing that lay people probably, and in India especially, is that we're very, we're very low awareness about our own rights and that's because we have very little knowledge right we choose not to sort of deep dive too much into what are my rights as a lay person right uh, whether it's on the uh, you as a consumer whether it's you as a civilian so simple things like uh, i remember there was uh, there was a college that i used to teach a paper called Le legal and ethics at and simple things like an auto rickshaw cannot refuse a ride because it is technically public transport so they cannot say no to you how many of us know that as lay people right but when you read the law then you kind of become sort of aware that hey you know what this is actually a right and uh, you know that's that's very interesting so as lay people i think just the ability to empower ourselves with knowledge is a little bit uh, missing so maybe that's something for all of us to just focus on and there are some very interesting uh, channels now, you know, on Instagram, on YouTube, some exceptional content that a lot of lawyers are putting out simply around rights as lay people. And so those are definitely worth following. Tanisha, I'm loving how you keep giving me these segues into like marketing the daily lawyer. Like, this is like, amazing. You're truly a mar marketing whiz. So yeah, yes, for everybody who is watching, uh, Tanisha is going to mention some channels, but then those channels are daily lawyer, daily lawyer. <laughs> No, it's not. But yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. And then um, what do you think are the gaps in the legal system as a whole? Like, I mean, there are many, but you can talk about something from your experiences. And what do you think are the gaps in the legal system? Sure. So I think, Jenna, I will talk about the gaps or sort of uh, the space primarily from a practice development gap standpoint not so much the legal industry as a whole so i think one gap is that law firms and lawyers have a tendency to you know they, they have a knee-jerk reaction to most things right so the pandemic was actually an excellent example a lot of lawyers suddenly realized that hey we need a website or hey you know what we don't have a linkedin page all of this happened when the pandemic kicked in and suddenly you were not meeting people in person anymore. Your only presence was virtual. And then to wake up and say, oh my God, now we need a social media strategy. Or hey, you know what? We need to start talking about ourselves online. Uh, that knee-jerk reaction is, is a slightly foolhardy way to do uh, any kind of practice development, right? So some long-term thought process, strategy, budgeting, I think these are important things if you're looking to set up a law firm and then run it in the long run, a long term. So that was one. I think the other is definitely, you know, there are firms that actually have and enjoy very robust marketing, HR, IT, uh, strategy teams, corporate communications. The, the problem probably is we're not doing enough with these teams right so they're really really capable people you're paying them a lot of money but are you providing them with enough flexibility and the opportunity for innovation right uh, because if you aren't then you're actually doing a disservice to them and to your own firm right so trust the resources that you've hired and trust that they know what they're there to do and give them that opportunity you know create that space for them 
to actually be able to do the roles you hired them for without confining them to sort of pre-existing roles, uh, you know, or pre-mandated ways of doing things. Because magic actually begins when we allow people to just free flow. Like every idea will not fly. Everything is not going to be worth giving a shot, right? But at least hear them out. So for, in our experience, I think as both the Grey Matter and having watched Zia do you know, her business development and practice development like she does, we can tell you that spending enough time with these teams is very, very critical and stop calling them support functions because they are not support functions. They are management functions and they will actually play a very, very pivotal role in being able to, you know, take your form to sort of that final goal post that you're looking to take it to. So that would be the other. Uh, the next would probably be how seriously we take our processes at law firms, right? So there are a lot of processes that people will put in place because they must. Now, are you going to pardon somebody and let them not go through a process because there is a certain revenue that they bring in or there's a certain designation that they enjoy? I think that's a major folly. It should be agnostic of their designation, their revenue, their relationship with you, because that is when you will be able to truly build an infrastructure that will outlive you and a firm that will outlive you. So if that's the intent, then please, as firms, take your processes seriously for sure. And lastly, I think this is changing, but it's still we're still a bit sluggish, which is technology, right? Lawyers, embracing technology. So legal tech has become a buzzword. People are definitely far more interested and intrigued by what technology is available to lawyers. Are we fully embracing that? Maybe not. Are we willing to pay full price to these legal tech companies? Maybe not. So, you know, these are probably things to also think about that how is legal tech going to actually not just enable us, but also be help us turn profitable, right? If your business development team can save even 20 hours in a week by automating maybe your deal reporting process, why would you not invest in that kind of technology, right? If, if you have a software which is going to enable you to manage your client relationships better, where there's a robust CRM, and everyone's mandated to populate that CRM. Why would you not use that CRM? So I think just things like this around embracing technology is, is probably the last on this question. Fantastic. Like I think I should think of some other phrase other than very good answer, Tanisha, because I feel like I'm, you're, you know, in school, you're saying very good, very good, good job. You, all your answers are correct. Very good. So I feel like that. But it's really nice what you said. You summed it up very well. And it's not only for law firms. I mean, what you said can apply across industries as well. But certainly for law firms, I feel you and everything that you said. So now we have, uh, we're going to go into the last segment of our podcast today, which is a little like fun segment, you know, not so intellectual. Yeah, this is, you know, Jenna, this is completely reminding me of Unsuited. So I don't know what those yeah. listening. Unsuited was again a, a show that uh, Grey Matter did with IDEX Legal and we did it during the pandemic and we had such a blast because we had all these legal luminaries come in and we only talked about like their backstory. We did a rapid fire. We just had fun and it was so refreshing. I cannot begin to explain. So we had a blast doing that. So when I was looking at, at the, the, you know, the questions around this segment, I was completely 
reminded of unsuited so i'm yeah. very happy to watch and it was fun also like i watched those episodes and all so it was really fun and you can you really learned about them because you had these mother daughter you had husband wife you had you know you had these uh, pairs in different relations and it was nice to see their interesting uh, relationship and you know and 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 some of the questions to your rapid fire were really hilarious yeah it's really funny so i'm glad i'm glad yeah. you think so yeah. we just had fun with them and i think it was yeah. about totally humanizing them and being like i know hey guys they're people first you know so yeah. sad i know but, but go on we, yeah. we mustn't interrupt this so no no that's okay so anyway last segment 5 4 3 2 1 i have 5 of something 4 of something 3 of something and all that so 5 productivity tips and i think you're perfect to say this okay because most people are like i don't know i don't know so you're like i'm sure you're going to give me five like one two three four five so go go for it so at the outset i'm not particularly productive on all days so let me just clarify that up front but on the days that i am let's see what what works so i think what works is to have a very clear task list that i like to make ideally the previous day only so that when i wake up i'm not going like hey what what's to be done today right so i think that helps to start the day on a note where i have full sort of knowledge and control over what needs to happen today i think blending creative and non creative tasks is another thing i like doing so i like to divide blending so in a particular day i will spend a few hours probably doing more mundane you know operational work and then i will spend some time doing my more creative work and i think i have times allotted so i know that early morning is a time to be sort of more creative more relaxed so i will do more writing work then more content based work then as the day progresses i know that clients team meetings all of that will happen so that is more sort of you know the operational stuff kicks in there so i think that blending helps uh, keep stay you know productive um i think reading non work items or books or literature is again a fun way to sort of stay productive because you know it brings a diverse sort of perspective that said i am not reading as much as i'd like to but i'm trying so it's something i struggle with myself uh the next would actually be in a role like ours to talk to people and interact with people and i cannot emphasize the importance of this enough because the things conversations can expose us to are uh you know underrated so yes having lots and lots of conversations with clients with your team uh with your uh, peers with your friends who may be in the same industry i think that's usually helpful and the last but definitely the most important at least in my book uh for productivity get enough sleep and i think to the lawyer community this is advice that is often given and sort of the most underutilized advice get enough sleep guys i can't agree more like i i knew that you're going to give me like these jolly pointed answers 1 2 3 4 5 and i'm very happy that you did and i have to tell you you hold the distinction of being the only guest on the power podcast so far who has given me this sort of 1 2 3 4 5 answers congratulations tanisha <laughs> winning winning at life thank yes. you you're truly productive uh and again you gave me this brilliant segue into the next question like you're truly a marketing guru uh the next question was about reading or about books actually and you said you don't read enough but i'm sure you still read so what are the four books that you recommend anyone uh, to read or listen to 
so i've i've put down a list which is more uh, less fiction fiction and more non fiction because i think fiction is very subjective so i don't want to list out fiction uh diary of a young girl by anne frank is my ever favorite go to book because i think it is truly a testament to what the human spirit can pull off and do but it is also such a great reminder of what ego and war can do to people so that is my top favorite book followed by don't sweat the small stuff by richard carlson which was just every time you read the book you go you know you literally can like start listing instances where you know you've you know been silly enough to sweat the small stuff and you shouldn't have so i think that's a very gentle reminder another is clarity and connection by young pablo it it is uh, again a self help book but sort of very um, it really deep dives into the human mind psychology it's got a major psychology angle as well and it interestingly it is very brief so i really like that about the book uh, the last would be tiny beautiful things which is advice on love and life from dear sugar which is a pen name for this author called cheryl uh, straden she's uh, she's authored different instances through the book and then sort of given out advice on everything from you know being queer to marriage to children just everything uh, it's it's an excellent read so yeah these are my top four books they are very this is a very unusual list uh, tanisha because most i haven't i haven't read three out of four books of what you have said like which is also unusual because most of the books that we discuss and you know you end up reading and all that or, or you see it on the top lists and you're in there like Cheryl Strayed has that book called Wild I think but then I've never heard of this one or Young Pueblo I, mean, I can understand because he has he really writes very well and very deep and like in four lines six lines eight lines even when I speak I can't do it in four lines I don't know how he does it how he writes and to capture that feeling so beautifully right i know like really beautiful uh, okay and then for law students what would you advise like three tips you would give for your law students or young lawyers okay so i don't think that uh, i have i feel like i've already given a lot of tips along the way unwarranted perhaps but i'll stick to three right now from my own learning of course don't be a victim of peer pressure try and be honest with yourself when you're assessing where you're headed in your legal career assess the second would be assess your own strengths and weaknesses carefully and then pick out a job to suit that and not the other way around um the last would be networking if i haven't emphasized that enough which is literally a life skill and hone it build it develop it and know that we're all just people our designations are a part of who we are but they're not in entirety who we are so don't be intimidated by people's designations don't worry about judgment it's going to come anyway so put yourselves out there ask the questions that you need to because that's the only, literally only way for us to learn yeah i liked how you said don't worry about judgment it's going to come anyway like yeah that's true we don't really think of i don't think of it that way i'm always thinking oh my god should i say this should i not say this but yeah it's it's a good reminder now you have i think said this over the course of the conversation but i still have to ask you two life lessons that you have learned and you would like to pass on like so far so i think 
the most powerful life lesson and i struggle with applying this to my own life very often but we have to be very careful about the narratives and the stories we tell ourselves because literally the only person you can persuade is you right so uh, that's pretty much what you have control over so be careful about what narratives you build in your own head because they will determine your feeling then they will determine action so that's one and i think the other is when things are tough which they sometimes can be uh, and things are very overwhelming just remember to play it one day at a time i think that is a beautiful recipe to tide over a difficult period so literally tell yourself 24 hours more then we'll see 24 hours more then we'll see so yeah uh- yeah it reminds me of those things right when you're running like if you're a runner i've i've been reading a lot of running books now don't ask me why and then you're like just do one step at a time like focus on putting one foot in front of the other so yeah like just one day at a time that's useful advice and then because i'm speaking about advice what is the best advice that you've ever been given so when i was at linkedin and when sales was never easy to do at the time um there was a manager not my manager incidentally very nice gentleman called satish who now heads a, a very different division for apac linkedin he had a he had a piece of advice he would always give his team and a friend of mine was on his team who passed this on he says hope is a strategy so every time that an account was about to follow for churn every time a sale was not going to happen he said it's okay we'll figure it out don't don't lose hope and then he'd say because hope is a strategy what is our strategy it's hope so you know i found that very uh, i i genuinely think that that's the best piece of advice i've ever heard like hope is a strategy i don't think i've ever thought of it that way yeah tanisha like imagine thinking hope is a strategy yeah it is you know or or the other way around what is strategy is also you're hoping that you know the things get come yeah so it's really nice so it i didn't forces you to think and i'm sure you keep remembering this at different points of your life in different situations so uh, amazing it's a beautiful note for us to end this conversation and thank you very 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 much because you gave very practical ideas and tips and pointers not just for lawyers or law professionals but for anyone you know for everyone and you helped me like three four times in the conversation do a little bit marketing and all amazing like too good thank you i'm glad yeah. i've enjoyed this conversation jena and thank you for having me yes. uh, represent the gray matter on this chat it it really means a lot thank you so you want to tell people where they can find you like where they can find the gray matter like what are your so we're on linkedin we're on instagram you can you, you can check out our website it's www.thegreymatter.co.in uh we're very proud of our website so even if you don't want our service go see our website because <laughs> we love uh, we love how it you know come out so go drop us a line if you like what we do if you don't like what we do either way you know you're welcome to come chat with us so yeah we're very easily accessible and uh, searchable on social media yeah and and you are also very easy to talk to and you're very articulate so very nice tanisha i really enjoyed this conversation thank you so much thank you jena so did i see, see you, you. Bye. bye thanks